G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. A challenging question to ask you today. How many people in your life could you call in the middle of the night when the bottom's fallen out of your world and everything has gone wrong? Well, The question might lead us to ask ourselves how many genuine authentic friends do we really have? And in reality, many of us have few or no friends. You might be one of those who really feels deeply the loneliness and isolation that are increasingly a part of our society. We might be encouraged that there's help coming with a new initiative called the Friendship Lab. Well-known author and broadcaster Sheridan Voisey is spearheading a new initiative called The Friendship Lab and he's joining us from the UK. Sheridan, a special welcome back to 2020. Hey, good to be with you again, Neil. Sheridan, the Friendship Lab sounds a little bit like an experiment. You're going to mix up some chemicals and all of a sudden there's a friendship elixir. Uh, Give us some insight here into what's behind your new initiative. The the second word has been chosen very uh, intentionally. The idea being, sometimes we can get this idea that if I don't have friends, well, either I'm not maybe likable or perhaps uh, it just hasn't happened for me, you know, because friendship just is supposed to happen organically. Neither of that is the case. One of the best things that you can do to make and deepen your friendships is actually being intentional and to do some experiments. And so actually doing and trying some new things. And not having a succeed-fail mentality, but having a try-learn-try-again mentality. And that's actually kind of the language of the lab. So that's why that's been chosen. We really need to just uh, give ourselves a little bit of space. It's hard to make friends today. And it can be very, very hard in the early days, early days, if you're trying to kind of get back into that rhythm of trying to do it in a very busy world, uh, you need to get, give yourself a little bit of space. So try some experiments, come back. See what you've learned. Try something new again. So it's not a social experiment that you're doing on people who are joining the opportunity to be a part of this initiative. This is the experiment that you do when you are feeling that loneliness to actually get those friendships flourishing. You know what? Um, The numbers for friendlessness are actually really quite large and growing, and they have been around the Western world and probably even beyond the Western world as well. So here in the UK, uh, around about 23% of people have no close friends, 10% no friends at all. In Australia, the question was asked slightly differently, but it was how many people are part of a friendship group? And it found that about 30% of Australians are not part of a friendship group. Uh, You marry that then with loneliness rates that we know are very huge all around the world, especially in Australia, especially in the UK, especially in the United States. The United States have had a quadrupling of numbers of people who say they don't have any close friends uh, since 1990. That's really quite rapid. So you then marry that with the loneliness figures that probably have made headlines everywhere, uh, and you see that we've got something going on here. And it's not just about social skills. It's actually about busyness. It's about perhaps uh, rebuilding trust after perhaps a friend let us down. 
Uh, it's about shyness. It's about a whole bunch of things about mobility. Look, gosh, here I am speaking to you in the United Kingdom. I've lived in five major cities in two countries. Uh, that's kind of unprecedented for our generations, our modern generations. And all of that plays into this. So, yes, it's all about empowering people to form and deepen really enriching, flourishing friendships. Now, Sheridan, it's all right to talk about making a friend or new friends. Uh, let's be plural about that. Uh, some will say, well, I've got lots of friends. Uh, they're the people that I'm communicating with on social media. But you've got some other ideas about what it is that defines what a friend is. And when I said in the introduction, uh, waking up in the middle of the night uh, and, uh, you know, you, you're going through all sorts of turmoil, who do you call? Uh, give us your thoughts here on what you're calling a 2am friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil, this is so important because how we define a friend is actually helps us to understand whether we have them or not. Indeed, the Facebook generation, you know, we've kind of defined friend as just somebody who will accept my friend request. Um I was sitting in a fostering and adoption seminar sometime around about 2008, I think it was, when Merrin, my wife and I, were trying to work out what to do with our childlessness. And you and I have spoken about that on this show before. So that's for another conversation that people can find on the podcast. But as we were sitting there doing this training, uh, this very uh, blunt trainer was saying, look, if you were going to foster or adopt... Uh, it's going to be difficult at times. You, you you may have children who don't want to let you hug them because of their trust issues or perhaps they're punching holes in your walls because of their anger issues or something. Or it just might be, it might go well, but there might always be some sort of challenge there. And then she gave this question. Who can you call at two o'clock in the morning when everything has gone wrong? And I remember, Neil, the the, the pen hovering over the paper. Because I'd just moved to Sydney by that stage. We'd then had six and a half years in Perth before that and originally in Brisbane. And I didn't know who to write down in that space. I had friends. I had a couple of close friends in Perth. I had some close friends in Brisbane. I was now in Sydney. Who could I call who could run around and help in that kind of difficult time at 2am? It's become a really catalytic question, both for me and also for many other people, because it helps to really define what a friend is. So to give you a definition, which I've worked on, and this is kind of drawing on the work of a guy called William Rawlins, who's a researcher over in the States, and then I've kind of tweaked it a little bit. But try this on for size in terms of a definition. A friend is someone I can talk to, depend on, grow with, and enjoy. Some Some of us might say uh, that it's very difficult to find that friend. And I'm often encouraging listeners to this program that you'll find friends like that in church. It's not necessarily the case, though. As you say, you've got to be intentional no matter where you are, but you are likely to find good friends in church. Is there a spirituality, is there something from Scripture that we can be encouraged by that helps us to understand the importance of friends and the fact that we can find friends and be walking on the same path together towards the same goals, perhaps on the same mission? There really is. And actually, probably the one major thing that binds two people together is a shared sense of worldview. So if you've got a shared sense of worldview, 
uh, then that helps you to have something in common, something to connect in, something that you know that you are walking on the same path. Well, what does a Christian faith do? It comes into your life and it says, here is a set of values to live by. Here is a major relationship in which we are both in allegiance to. So it's not just about me living my life, you living your life. No, it's about me helping you live the life that Christ calls you to and you helping me live the life that Christ calls me to. So straight away, we've got a shared sense of direction. We've got shared resources. We've got the Holy Spirit who comes into our life, who helps me to listen while you're speaking. So maybe I might be able to hear something of what God is wanting to say to you in that situation of difficulty and vice versa. Uh, we've got shared joy. Uh, so all of those things in terms of our definition, someone to talk to, well, I've got something to talk to about some of the key issues of life, not just the little bits and pieces that we experience you know, experience day to day, but the deep aspects of life, someone to depend on. Well, we're called to encourage each other and be there for one another and, and uh, support each other and carry each other's burdens. Uh, someone to grow with. That's the key thing, is that we grow into the, the very image and character of God when we are friends with another fellow believer. Uh, and then someone to enjoy, someone we can actually share that gift of joy that the Holy Spirit brings us. But I have to say, Neil, we have to be intentional about this. It's not just about joining a church. Uh, I speak to many people who have been part of churches for a long time and they've still wrestled to make friends. You've got to be intentional. We've got to create cultures in our churches that are very much about friend making, not just simply, simply community building. Community building is a good first step, but we then want to help people to have those one, two, three people that they can really count on when everything falls apart at 2am. I'm excited about your project, Sheridan, and it's not just another opportunity for you to write another book. In fact, uh, early on, uh, when you first really got the impression that you were to do something around this issue of friendships, uh, I know that you thought, oh, this will just be another book, but it's gone deeper than that. Give us some insight here into just how deep this is going, because this is going to be snowballing into a movement uh, bigger than you can imagine. Oh, my goodness. Uh, press that button, Neil, and we could talk here for three hours because things are just so exciting and daunting. And I would really value listeners' prayers on this because it was certainly is growing in all directions that I wasn't expecting. Yes, I was going to write a book. And then I went away on a retreat. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I've got an outline for the book like you normally do as an author. You write an outline. I think I'd started to write the first chapter and just something didn't feel right. And I went away on retreat and I really felt the Lord say, uh, look, you're thinking too small. Instead of focusing your attention, your energies on writing a book, what if you were to focus your attention and energies on reducing that friendlessness rate in the UK from 25% down? 10% for no, people who've got no friends, down. 30% in Australia. How about if we were to focus on bringing that rate down? Well, look, one book read by a few thousand people wouldn't really scratch that itch. And so I asked myself in that prayerful moment, Lord, well, what would? And then, well, it would take media campaigns and it would take podcasts, it would take courses, it would take arts collaborations, it would take all sorts of things. And so before I knew it, I was leaving that retreat with this sense that I was supposed to start a, a larger organization like a charity uh, or a non-profit and to bring a whole heap of other people along on the journey. And that is taking me into all sorts of fascinating areas and places and all sorts of wonderful partnerships. We've got about three different researchers that are lining up to help us with this project, particularly the Friendship Lab course, which will be run 
individually for you online, but also run in in churches, in sporting groups, and all sorts of different places in in businesses. And um, it's it's becoming very very exciting indeed. It is very exciting, and it is going to be bigger than perhaps all of us can even imagine. And you want to start this, Sheridan, with a really solid research-based foundation. And you've got a call out right now, even as we speak, for people to participate in a survey so that you can have this sort of research into friendship that really will give some substance to the ways that you'll be able to help people with their friendship intentionality. Give us some thoughts here on what your survey does and why people ought to be taking up an opportunity like this right now. I would really appreciate people to give me their thoughts on this. It's just so important. I've put three years now into reading all the secondary information, all the all the research that's been done over the last 40 years on friendship. I've been reading all the papers, reading all the books. I've been looking very carefully at all the other research that's been done. Uh, there's been some mammoth research projects on loneliness, friendlessness, etc. Now it came time to, well, I really need to know if I'm the, the, the theory is matching the practice. And so putting this Friendship Lab survey together is basically saying, can you come and tell me your experience in three areas? Number one, you and friendship in general. Uh, are you feeling like you're happy with the number of friends that you have or non, not happy? Uh, you and a certain group of uh, friendship qualities. So we've got 12 factors that you can kind of rate yourself on there, which people are finding itself very interesting because they can see whether they're strength, strong or, or weak in certain areas. And then the second area is uh, you and forming friends. And the third area is you and maintaining friends. There are different skills required in all of those different areas. So if you can come and do this survey, it would give us a real sense as to how we can really make the the scratch meet the itch and make sure this isn't just some theoretical thing based on lots of reading but really down to what people are needing at this particular moment in time so friendshiplab.org is where you can find that friendshiplab.org only take you a few minutes it would be incredibly helpful i think it will shape this uh, growing movement um Really importantly, I think, for the years to come. It'll put a wonderful foundation of substance into what you're doing in the formation of this Friendship Lab. It's friendshiplab.org. And uh, you're asking people to respond. And when they do, uh, their survey uh, questions, their responses will remain anonymous. So it's something you can take. Uh, how long does it take to do, Sheridan? Just a few minutes or uh, take a little longer? How, how deep is the survey? Oh, it'd be, it'd be no more than 10 minutes. I would suggest some somewhere between five and seven minutes. So for listeners today wanting to participate in what is going to be a significant movement, and we'll talk about this a number of times throughout the year, but the website to go to to participate in that survey and find out more about the Friendship Lab. You might get some hints and tips if you are one of those people who are suffering from areas of loneliness even right now and saying, well, I don't have all the friends that you're talking about that I should have. Well, let's uh, let's do that. Go to friendshiplab.org. Sheridan Voisey is spearheading this new initiative. Sheridan, we'll get an update before too long, but thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much for the support, Neil. Really appreciate it. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.